you guys. So you all can have a seat and get started here. So I have something to tell you. When I was, um, I was born on May the 4th, may the 4th be with you, may the 4th, um, and um, the next Sunday after I was born, a few days after I was born, you know what I'm going to say, right? What am I going to say? I was in church. Next Sunday after I was born, my mom had me in church, and I don't know about how, like, you grew up in church, if you went to church, if you go to, when you were little, but my mom went to church, and my mom, she had me when she was 18 years old. My mama had me. She was 18. God bless her. And she had me in church Sunday after I was born. And I don't know if you grew up like this, but, um, or if we do this here at Calvary, but way back in the day, they used to do this thing where they said, if you're the oldest mom in church today, please stand up. And you had, like, this lady stand up, and she was like, I don't know, 88 years old, and she's the oldest mom in there, and everybody's like, yeah, right? It's like, congratulations. Well, then they would do this thing where they said, if you're the youngest mom in the room, please stand up. And so my mom would, my mom, there she was, she's actually visiting this church, and she stood up, youngest mom in the place, and everybody's like, wow, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 18. And they're like, oh, 18 years old. And there I was, like, probably about, no joke, like six days old. I was just a little a little dude, all right? And so um, there I was in church, and I kind of, like, was just surrounded by churchy things all the time. And so at a very early age, I started to kind of get this idea of, like, what was, like, churchy, good, holy kind of thing. Like, I don't know, like, for example, like, I remember when I was growing up that we weren't ever allowed to chew gum in church. Like, if we were chewing gum, you're like, yeah, you got, so if you were chewing gum in church, like, my grandparents would be like, spit it out right now. And they'd be like, what do I do? Stick it under the chair. Mijo, don't you dare put that gum in God's house. And they would, okay, I guess I'll just swallow it. It'll come out when I turn 23. Um, I don't know. Strike that from the record. Anyway, so, but like gum, that was a big thing. Uh, there were other really big things that I remember, like, for example, like my sisters and I, when we were little, we would like look at each other and the pastor would be up there like preaching, like, like preaching, right? And then my sisters and I would look at each other and we'd go like, if you have siblings, you know what I'm talking about. You're just like, and then I just look and I see my mom or my grandma or the lady in front of me that was like 80 years old. She'd turn around because you don't do that in God's house, right? That's what they'd say. You don't do that in God's house. It was holy, right? Um, I remember that I'd start falling asleep, like, because we used to go to Sunday night church. And I, man, I was just telling you, like, Sunday night church wasn't really my favorite thing, but we'd go to Sunday night church, and I would start to fall asleep because I didn't take a nap. I hated naps, and I'd be there at, like, 6.30, like, going like that, and my mom or uh, the lady in front of me would turn around, and she'd be like, you know, like, wake up, and be like, I'm like, Mom, I'm, I'm eight years old. I don't understand what propitiation is, okay? And the, pre- the pastor's up there just going at it, right? Okay, so um, anyway, but I, all I mean to say is, like, I grew up with this understanding of this word, and the word is this. It's holy, and what was holy, and what holiness was, and stuff like that, all right? So I'm going to try something really dangerous here. Um, I'm, I'm going I'm to let you talk, but I need you to come back when I say come back. It's just going to be like 30 seconds. I want you to turn to your neighbor really quick. And I want you to tell your neighbor what thoughts or ideas come to mind when you think of the word holy or holiness. When you think of the word holy 
or holiness, just what com- what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of that word? Just turn to your neighbor really quick and be like, uh, this right here. Anybody? I'll give you about 10 more seconds, okay? It's one word. Holy or holiness? I think of this. Okay, back here. Hopefully you said something. Can, I need some crowd participation. Can you raise your hand if you have an answer? That you're like, this is what, when I think of the word holy, this is what I think. Can anybody? Come on, help me out here. Okay, listen, shh. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Nehemiah. What you got? Huh? I can't hear you. Holy Spirit, that's what you think of me. Anybody, when you think of the word holy, yes? Separated for a purpose, all right. Anybody else, when you think of the word holy or holiness, anybody? Okay, yeah, go ahead. You think of peace, okay, all right, cool. Well, I think of this when I think of the word holy sometimes, all right? You guys are like, oh, ooh, I'm going to get some really good churchy answers. But honestly, when I think of the word holy, check this picture out, okay? So usually I'm thinking of something along the lines of, are you guys with me back there? Okay, so I think of a monk that's meditating, and I'm thinking like, ooh, that's like special and holy and like set apart, untouchable, right? Or I think of like, somebody dressing a certain way, like the Mennonites or the Amish maybe, and I'm like, ooh, like, ooh, they're like, ooh, they all dress the same, they put their hair up in a bun and stuff like that. And I used to think about all these different things about what I thought holiness looked like or what holiness would be. All I knew is that holiness wasn't chewing gum in church. That's what I definitely knew, that holiness wasn't chewing gum in church. And you know, I, today I wanna bring us and introduce us to this new series that we're gonna do for a long time, probably gonna go all the way to spring break, called The Pursuit of Holiness. And the pursuit, pursuit it just simply is a nice word that talks about chasing after something, to go after something, to run after something. And we're gonna talk about what it means to pursue holiness. Now, I wanna start with what holiness is not, okay? I want you to come away from today understanding what holy and holiness really means. But let's first talk about what holiness is not, okay? The first thing is this. Holiness is not a prideful attitude against another person. For example, thinking that you are better than somebody else because they don't do the things that you do or you don't do the things that they do. That's pride, that's arrogance, and that is not holiness, okay? So holiness is not a prideful attitude against other people. The second thing is this, holiness is not simply a list of do's and don'ts, things that you should or should not do, like dancing or drinking or smoking, etc. Now, all those things may have a part of holiness to some extent, but holiness is not just a list of things to do or to not do so that you can be holy. Because when you try to make a list without God, you become self-righteous and prideful and think you're better than people around you. Holy, here's number three. Holiness is not simply a way of dress or mannerisms. Now, God definitely does care about uh, the way that we live our life and act, but some people think that holiness or being holy is just about the way you dress or the way you act. Fourth thing is this. Holiness is not perfection here on this earth. So sometimes you can look at somebody who you think is holy and think, oh, they must be perfect. Oh, wow, like if I could just be like that person. Holiness is always a journey that never ends here on this earth. Holiness isn't about being perfect here on this earth. Okay, so to really start to understand holiness, you need to come to understand two important concepts. The concepts are these, listen to me, listen. It's death and it's slavery. So I don't know, Eli, are you around here? Okay, Eli's gonna come here. To understand holiness, you need to understand these two things, death and slavery, okay? So check out this picture up here, just kind of, 
You understand what's going on here? Okay, so Eli is going to zip tie my hands together because I did not have handcuffs. And I'm gonna show you like my superhuman strength and I'm gonna rip them apart. I'm just kidding, okay. Um, can you do it a little tighter than that? Okay. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not kidding. I am a man, anyway. Okay, that's the tie that's gonna go? Okay, cool, okay, so. All right, I actually can't slip out of these, but that's good enough. Okay, so listen, I'm gonna try to do a good portion of this talk right here with my hands zip tied like this. But I want you to check out this picture really quick, okay? Because these two pictures right here are a great start to understand what holiness really is and what it really is about, okay? Death and slavery. Death and slavery. Now, if you have your Bible, go with me to Romans chapter 6. If you've got a Bible app, you can go there. If you don't have any of that, it will be on the screen. But we're going to start with first one, and we're going to kind of unpack what this passage in the Bible and this book in the Bible, if you've never opened the Bible before, there's this book in the Bible. It's called Romans, and it's chapter 6 of this book, and it's going to talk about what holiness means and looks like. This is how it starts, okay? It'll be on the screen if you need it. You can follow along with the screen. Worst thing you can do is kind of zonk out and get bored, okay? Boring. Follow along with me, okay? Check this out. What shall we then say? The dude who wrote this starts with a question. His name is Paul. He says, what should we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? He says, no way. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Remember I told you that if you want to understand what holiness is, you got to first understand this concept of death. He says, we don't have to live in sin anymore because we have died to sin. Okay, now, so check this out. I want you to see this next picture up here. There's another picture up here. And this picture right here is a picture of a casket and um, chains, like somebody's got their arm, their wrist chains, stuff like that. And this is a perfect example of what God brings us from so that we could be holy. All right, it's this picture of this casket because sin is still very much alive in this world. But what this verse means, if you didn't understand the verse that we just read, it says this, it says, you have died to sin. In other words, sin is no longer, no longer has to rule over you and kill you, but it has died and no longer has to rule over you. Let's keep reading because my hands are kind of getting circulation cut off a little bit. Number three, or follow along with me, number three, Verse 3, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Whoa, what's that talk about? It's a lot of stuff. So I want to show you this next picture. It's the picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a picture of a casket or a coffin, and then this up arrow. And this is what the verse simply means. It says this, Jesus died on that cross. He died on that cross for the sins of mankind. Now listen, some of you here, follow me, listen. Some of you here call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, that you call yourself a disciple. You call yourself a Christian. And what this verse that we just read says is that that cross isn't just Jesus's death, but that you too were crucified. You were crucified just like Christ was crucified. And just like Jesus died for sin, you brought your sin to the cross, which actually killed Jesus, and you died to that sin also. And then just like, follow me here, just like Jesus was buried, your old life before being a follower of Jesus was buried too. 
Does that make sense? The cross belongs to Jesus. He died for our sins. We come to the cross and we surrender and our sins are what put him there. Then Jesus is buried because he's dead. And our old life before Jesus is dead too. Then that up arrow you see on the screen represents Jesus' resurrection. He didn't stay dead. When Jesus rose back from the dead, the Bible says that you too who died with him are also given a new life. So if you here call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, what you are saying is that just like Jesus died, was buried, and rose back to life, that you have an old life. Listen to me, because if you call yourself a Christian, you have to know this, that you have an old life before Jesus, and it was also crucified, buried, and that he has given you a new life to live now, raised back to life. Now jump with me to verse six, okay? It says this, it'll be on the screen. For we know, listen, we know that our old self was crucified with him. Your life before you were a follower of Jesus was crucified with Jesus, so that we, that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. In other words, listen, Jesus died on the cross so that your old life controlled by sin could be dealt with and destroyed. That's what it's all about, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free. I love that part of the verse because, you know, I have my hands bound right here. And you saw the picture of the person on the screen that had their hands chained up and stuff like that. And can I just tell you this? I want to start by just saying this, okay? Um, I've seen on cop, on cop shows when they, like, arrest a lot of people and they run out of handcuffs, they do zip tie kind of thing. All right, so listen. Some of us here are living with hands cuffed before God. In other words, you don't know God. And your sin has you handcuffed in front of God because you don't know him and you don't belong to him and you've never given him your life. You're not his son. You're not his daughter. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And listen, the Bible calls you and I a slave to sin. Now, I know that doesn't sound very nice, and some of us in here be like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a slave to anybody. I do my own thing. I'm in control. I do whatever I want. And guess what? That in and of itself is called pride, which is a sin before God. So the Bible is clear. You and I, our reality is an ugly reality. It's this, slave, slave to sin that it is ruling over us. This means that without Christ, our bodies are ruled and controlled by sin. It means that our minds are controlled by sins, that it controls us and we belong to it and we are its slaves. Scripture says that without Jesus, we are slaves to sin, but Christ's death and resurrection has set us free. Without Christ, this is you. This is you right here, make no mistake. I know you think maybe like, oh, that's so judgmental. You don't even know me. Hey, can I just tell you something really quick? Without Jesus in my life, this is my reality too. So don't pull the, you don't know me, you're judging me if you really knew my life. No, listen, it's you and it's me and it's every one of us in here that without Jesus, we are slaves to sin and it rules us and controls us. Now, some of us in here, listen to me, this might be you. 
Some of us in here are all about rules. And our mindset is this. You're, try, you're trying to live a life and you're trying to do all of the right things for God. Say however many prayers you should say. Do the th good things that you should do. And somehow you think that all the good things are, you do are going to somehow set you free from being a slave to sin. And God says there's nothing that you can do to set yourself free from being a slave to sin. There is no amount of rules that you can follow and you try and you'll be disappointed and disillusioned and frustrated because there's no amount of rules that you can do to set yourself free. If you could set yourself free from being a slave to sin, you would be equal to Jesus Christ himself and you and I are not. Now, Eli's gonna come up here. He's gonna cut this off of me. And as he does that, I just wanna tell you this right here, that a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ is someone who has given their life to God and knows exactly, can I hold that? Thanks, thanks man. And knows exactly the reality that they come from, that they were ruled, stuck, slaves to sin, and that God sent his son Jesus to set the sinner free, no longer ruled by sin, but set free from sin, not setting themselves free, but being set free from sin. That we have a God who loves us and looked down on us and saw our pitiful condition that sin ruled and controlled all of mankind, all of humanity. And in his mercy and grace and kindness, he sent his, he sent his son that we would be set free, that sin would no longer control us or reign over us and let me just tell you here listen to me if you call yourself a follower of jesus christ if you say to me marcus i'm a disciple of jesus you need to understand this reality right here that you've been set free from sin not just forgiven not just forgiven not going to heaven one day but today you've been set free from sin that's why to understand holiness, you have to understand this concept of death, that sin is dead to you and that you were a slave to it and now you've been set free from it. Death and slavery, you understand those things, you will understand what it means to be holy. Now, this is what holiness is. Let's look at verse 10, we're gonna jump. Verse 10, it's on the screen. The death that Jesus died, he died to sin once and for all. Now this is holiness defined right here, watch this. What is holiness? It says this about Jesus, but the life he lived, he lives to God. That's holiness. What is holiness? The life that Jesus lived, he lived to God. That's holiness defined. Look what verse 12 says. It invites us to holiness, it, it calls us challenges us, commands us to holiness. Now, here's the deal. If this is you, you're still a slave to sin, you don't, you've never surrendered to, to, to God, you've never given your life to Jesus, you're still a slave, then this isn't really talking about you because you have no ability to do this next part. But if you have been set free, then this is the next call and command. Verse 12, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death 
to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Holiness, number one, is being separated from sin. Okay, that's the first thing. Holiness is about being separated from sin. And the scripture we just read says, don't give yourself to sin. Don't be an instrument of sin because you've been set free from it and brought back from the dead, from the sin that killed you. The second thing is this, is that holiness is being separated from sin, but it's also being separated to God for God. And the third thing is this, is that holiness is walking in obedience to God's perfect way. Do this for me really quick. Let me wake you up a little bit, okay? Do a little stretch if you need to. And I want you to say these two words for me, real simple. The words are set apart. Ready? Go. Set apart. Oh, come on. Like, good job, front row. Ready? Go. Set apart. All right, that's a little bit better. Say it one more time for me. Set apart. Ready? Set. Go. Set apart. That's what holiness is. We've been set apart from sin, set apart to God, for God, to live for him and to walk in his perfect way. I love this verse. Karina talked about some kind of anthem. She said, this song can be our anthem. Well, I love this scripture. I think this scripture can be an anthem for us this semester. It's verse 14, it's on the screen. It says this, for sin shall no longer be your master. That should make you smile. Like if you love Jesus, that should make you smile a little bit. Because guess what? It used to be your master. But he has set you free and he says, sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under sin, not under the law, but you're under God's grace. And for those of you who know Jesus, that should bring a certain joy to your life and your heart. Now here's my thing here, okay, listen. Those of you who know Jesus here, you have been, look at me, those of you who know Jesus here, you've been set free. And my question to you is this, are you living life right now as if you're still chained to it? See, here's the deal. If Jesus sets us free so that we can now go walk in holiness, then why would we stay right here as if we're still chained? Worse, why would we see this freedom that we have to walk with him, to honor him, to live our life for him, and yet turn away and so willingly and freely give ourselves to sin? If we've been set free, why wouldn't we walk in freedom? If we've been set free, why would we give ourselves to sin willingly if we've been set free? All right, so what does this mean? Number one, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never given your life to him, if you're not his follower, I want to invite you today. Listen, you need to have a conversation with somebody here, me, one of our leaders here, because the day, today is the day that you can come before the God who loves you and say, I want to be set free from sin and be given a new life, forgiven, walking as his follower. You need to talk to one of our leaders here. If you are a chained um, enslaved to sin, God gives us this freedom. He's promised it because he's good. Now, second thing is this, is, oh, man, I'm tired. I'm hot. <laughs> second thing is this, if this is you, you say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, I want you to consider areas of your life where you willingly are giving yourself to sin. You say, I follow Jesus, Marcus. I'm his follower. I'd say to you this, man, me too. And you know what? I can identify areas in my life 
where I'm free and I want to do this and go back to my sin. And I need, Karina, what was the line in that song that we said? It's like, we, you have our attention. What was that? Is that what it said? You have all my attention. Was that the line in the song that we just did, the last one, that new one? Okay, so listen, I like that song. You know why? Because for you and for me, so many times, we follow Jesus, he set us free, and we do this again, and then we go find the sin that we want, and then all of a sudden we realize, oh, wait, like, what am I doing? Yeah, you do have my attention again, and I want to walk with you and honor you. Consider your life. Listen to me, students. This means nothing unless you consider your own personal life, okay? Where are there areas where you occasionally are running back to sin that enslaved you? Is it lust? Statistically, the number of people in here that are struggling with lust, pornography, like it's a normal thing today. And you won't, let, you won't hear me wagging my finger and saying to you, you better stop doing that. You know what you will hear me saying? God has loved you so much that he set you free from the sin of lust. He set you free from lust and you don't have to bind yourself and go back to porn. You've been set free and you can walk with eyes and a heart that honor God who has set you free. So stop running back to the sin that he has set you free from. That is what holiness looks like. For some of us in here, it might be lying. Like you are a habitual liar and you lie because you're afraid. You lie because you're afraid of what people will think about you and you want people to like you and be and accept and accepted by people and you lie. And God has said, you're my child. If you, if you know me, I've set you free from that sin. You don't have to run back to it. You can walk in my grace and love and freedom from that sin. So don't bind your arms again and go back as a slave to that. For some of us, it might be jealousy and envy. Somebody walks in the room, we're like, who do they think they are? Or you look at somebody at school and you're like, things are so good. Why is everybody like that person? I'm better, nicer, prettier, smarter, faster, have more money. I don't know. Jealousy is ugly. Now, listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus in here, I ain't talking to you. If you're a follower of Jesus in here, he sets you free from jealousy and envy, and he's called you to walk in holiness. Somebody in here, maybe bitterness or hate. Listen, maybe you, you are people, you have a list, and you have hate and bitterness towards some people in your life. If you are not a follower of Jesus in here, I'm not talking to you, but if you are a follower of Jesus and claim to be set free, he says, I want to bring you out of that hatred that you have. You can't hide it. People see it on you. And he says, I've set you free. Don't bind yourself again. I've given you a new life. Now walk in this new life. For some of us in here, it may be what we think is the small stuff that's not really sin. It's like little sin, like baby sin, so we don't think it's that big of a deal, like cheating, okay? So I was on Twitter recently. Well, actually, it was a while back last year. I was on Twitter, and I saw somebody. It wasn't anybody here, anybody you know, but somebody I know on Twitter retweeted and liked the post. This is what it said. I do homework for cash. You need help with your essay. You need help with your assignment. I'll do it for you, write it for you. My rates are fair. That's cheating. The assignment was given to the individual as a student to do, and that is called cheating. And the person that I know liked it with a little heart 
on Twitter and retweeted it. And I thought to myself, number one, have I ever been tempted to do that? Yeah. Have I ever? No. Could I see myself maybe? I don't know. I can be pretty messed up sometimes. But here's what I thought. If we call ourselves a follower of Jesus Christ, he cares about what we think are the little things. Like, nobody cares about cheating. I'm stressed out. I just needed somebody to write my paper for me so that I can get a good grade. And hey, I even paid the person, so I helped them out. Lies. You're lying to yourself. You think it's not a big deal to anybody. You don't think it's a big deal to God. And listen, if this is you, listen, you get a pass tonight. You, you may still be a slave, but if you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you've been set free, you're called to walk in holiness now, then this is for you. You may be like, you're so judgmental. You're judging me. Listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus here, I don't judge you at all. But if you follow my king and your king, I will call you on it because I love you because I love you and I want to see us together walk in holiness. And guess what? I sure hope I have people in my life that when they see me wanting to go back to sin and away from holiness, I hope they call me on it too and say, Marcus, I know you're the youth pastor here, but guess what? I saw the way you talked to that person. I saw the way you looked at that person. I saw the way you treated that person. I saw the way you talked to your wife. I saw the, whatever it might be. And then I would say, you are right. I am not going back to this. I'm walking in this. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about here, the little thing. You know, some of you here, listen, some of you here have parents who love you. I'm not necessarily speaking for all of you. I know some of your parents love you so much and you hate them and you're bitter toward them. And you're ugly toward them. And can I just tell you, you are going back to the thing you've been set free from. Anger, bitterness, whatever it might be. And God has said, I want to set you free so that you can love the people that I've put in your life. Listen, the God, the call is this, to pursue holiness in your life. And that's what we're going to encourage each other to do this semester. Free from judgment. Listen, hey, you're going to see me mess up. I'm going to see you mess up. I ain't going to judge you. I'm going to love you. But we're going to together figure out how to challenge each other to walk in holiness, okay? Because when we do this, guess what? God is glorified in every way. Let me pray. Just week one. God, we surrender ourselves to you, Lord. If there is sin that we are trying to give ourselves back to, Lord, we need your your love to remind us that you've set us free. God, if, if there is anything in us, Lord, that we feel like is just ruling us and killing us, God, that we would remember that you've set us free. And God, and I just pray, Lord, that my words tonight would just um, be clarified. If anything I've said, God, has not been of you, and if, if it's been confusing for some, God, I pray that you would clarify it in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just want to pray for my friends here that maybe don't know you, God. They've never given you their lives. Lord, would you move in their hearts tonight too, Lord. We love you and we want to honor you with this pursuit of holiness for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.